Hello, Monetization Nation. Email marketing is a powerful tool that can help generate more leads and sales. 59% of B2B marketers name email as their top channel for revenue generation, and 80% of business professionals believe that email marketing increases customer retention. Source Optin Monster. Ryan Phelan is an email marketing expert. In today's episode, we'll discuss how to use email marketing to generate sales. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Ryan is an email marketing expert. He's created and led innovative marketing strategies for high growth SaaS and Fortune 250 companies for the past two decades. Some of those companies include Canadian Tire, Capital One, Hewlett Packard, Skype, CenturyLink, Sprint, FedEx, First National Bank of Omaha, and US Bank. His experience in history and marketing has shaped his approach in creating innovative orchestrations of data, technology, and customer activations for Adestra, Axiom, Responses, Sears and Kmart, Blue Hornet, and InfoUSA. Ryan has been named one of the top 30 digital strategists in the United States and has built a library of leadership through blogs, white papers, and presentations. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Ryan. Hey, you're welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. As we start, can you share with us something that you are super passionate about? Oh my gosh. Right now it's a split of like two things. Number one, I'm building a house. So I am, I am, I am, and, and, and selling a house at the same time. So that's, that's one nugget of fun. Uh, but the true thing I really enjoy is wine. Uh, I have been uh, not a, not a, I don't know. I got about 250 bottles of wine in my house. And uh, so I collect wine from all over the world. And, and uh, it's one of my passions that I just, it, it, at the end of a long day to go out and pull a bottle of wine out of the, out of the um, wine fridge is just, is just really cool. We used to live up in San Francisco. So we were up in uh, Napa probably twice a month. Uh, going to all the wineries and stuff and, and just sipping on wine and just relaxing. And man, that, there's nothing better than, than a beautiful day at a winery uh, with a glass of wine. So those are the things beyond work, right? I'm passionate right. as heck about work, but beyond that, it's, it's, it's trying to build a house and trying to drink a bottle of wine at the end of the day. So have you connected with Gary Vaynerchuk? I know Gary. I played okay. poker with Gary. I, uh, nice. so I, I, I got to know Gary early on in his career uh, when he first started, and I know his wine stuff. And and uh, his, this is going to sound precocious, but it's 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 true. He doesn't his stuff isn't expensive. His stuff he has kind of the forty fifty dollar bottles of wine. I, mean, I my wines are a little bit more expensive, um, and so but I know Gary. He's got a great outfit, and he's done some amazing things in his career. And and uh, he's he's a good man. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely added a lot of value to a lot of entrepreneurs and he shares yep. your passion for wine. Yep. Okay. Uh, can you tell me the story of your journey to become an expert digital marketer and especially an expert email marketer? Sure. It started very innocently. I graduated high school and this is important. You're going to think, oh my God, we're going all the way back to high school. Graduated high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do my career but I decided that I wanted to be a Catholic priest. 
Okay. And so I went to, now see, either they giggle, people giggle, or they go, no, no way. I was um, just making the wine connection. In my- <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a wine connection there. Um, studied to be a Catholic priest for four years, uh, decided that I was called to be something else uh, and a married person. And, and so I left the seminary. And then from there, I, I, I kind of stood back and thought, well, what do I want to do now? And after four years in the seminary, I thought, I'm going to be a DJ and I'm going to DJ and manage a nightclub. Yes, similar career paths. Similar career paths. So I, uh, I moved to Omaha, Nebraska and, and ran nightclubs and was a DJ for six years. Um, and then, then discovered that I needed to make more money to be able to afford my lifestyle. And, uh, and so this, expensive bottles of wine. I, you know, at the time I was not buying expensive bottles of wine, but I was working at a nightclub. So I was just going to parties a whole lot. And plus my liver said, Hey, we got to change something. Um, and so, uh, at that was in 99, uh, 1999. And at the time this was the dot com boom. Right. And there was a little startup in Omaha, Nebraska called giftpoint.com. And they did online gift certificates. And so I applied uh, to uh, a marketing job. I don't even remember what it was. And met with the CEO twice. And all we talked about was um, different things that happened in the nightclub. From all the celebrities we used to have in there to all the, all the promotions that I did. Because I was in charge of marketing at the nightclub. And so he put me on affiliate and email. And... Uh, I loved both. And then at one point I decided email was the way I wanted to go. And I've spent my whole career on uh, the vendor side, the agency side and the client side, uh, really experiencing so many different things. That list of companies that you had at the beginning, from a vertical perspective, that is uh, an amazing list. It's more than that, but you get so many different experiences of the consumer, the end user, whether it's B2B or B2C that I have just been soaking up knowledge for the last 22 years. Um, and that's really what's, what's formed my, my career and, and just learning and asking questions and trying stuff and failing miserably and succeeding uh, amazingly. And, and uh, uh, that's, really, that's really been my approach. And I think it stems two things from the seminary because I speak all over the country and the world on stage. So I, I'm constantly known as the email preacher. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the nightclub is just the out of the box thinking, right. When I was a DJ, I had 600 people out on the, uh, in the club that I had to entertain for four and a half hours. And I couldn't have an off night. It couldn't have a bad song. I couldn't have, you know, nothing. And, uh, and so you just get very creative in reading people. And so that's how, that's how really my career has been formed. And I've been really lucky and surrounded by some amazing people. What an interesting parallel between learning how to read people to, to DJ and mm-hmm. then learning to read people to do e- email marketing. Mm-hmm. And I do see the similarities there, but I'd never thought of that, about that before. Yeah. Did you know, and most people don't know this, to be a DJ, there's a science behind it. We had a formula that we actually perfected in the nightclub that worked 
like a charm. And it was the tempo of the song. It was the type of song. It was who it appealed to. It was how many songs we played in that set. How And what we wanted to do, the science of it, was to keep a constant traffic to the bar buying drinks and to have people have fun. And so it was a science. It was as much, it was, it was a lot of work, but it was, it was amazing. So go through, let's try to create a parallel there between mm-hmm. the science of, of being a DJ and, and sending, you know, sales to the bar and compare that to the science of email marketing and sending sales to your customers or whatever product you're trying to sell. Yeah, it's a very easy connection, right? Our goal in email, our goal in e-commerce is to recognize a consumer or a cohort of consumers and to get them to do what you want them to do by providing them the right information, right? Or the right products or the right copy or the right visual or whatever. So much like when I was at the club playing this set of music, which I knew would bring this set of people to the floor to dance, I knew that there was another group of people that didn't want to hear that song or dance to that song. And so they went to the bar. In email marketing, what I'm doing is through segmentation, through data sciences, what I'm looking for is that group of people that wants to be on the dance floor. And for the people that want to go to the bar, I'm surrounding them with other information to try and influence them and get them comfortable with coming to the dance floor. Interesting. So you purposely played songs that some people weren't going to want. Correct. So you could get them to the, to make the purchase. But in a 45 minute set, everybody would hear at least three songs that they really wanted to dance to. Three types of songs. Okay, so how do you do that in e-marketing? It's all segmentation. Yeah, it's all segmentation. It's all, it's all. You know, I was able to accomplish that that song set because I knew who the customers were. I knew who was in my crowd. I could look out and I could read people like crazy. Who was wanting to date somebody else? Who was wanting to hit on somebody else? Who was just there to have a good time with their friends? Who was really wanting to dance? Who was, you know, as a country bar, right? So who wanted to line dance? Who wanted to two-step, triples, um, all these different things? And so I knew my audience. And with email, you can do a batch and blast. Email is the only channel in digital marketing where you can suck at it and still make money. Gobs of it, right? But the smart people are looking at their audience and recognizing the cohort groups, the, the groups of people that are similar in um in type and in and characteristic, grouping them together and then sending them a message, almost like sending them a song on the on the as a DJ. Okay. All right. So going back to your story, is there any more of your story, your journey you'd like to share before we go to the next question? No, you know what? I've just uh, I have uh, no, I'm good. I've just <laughs> been really lucky in my career. It's been fun. What's the greatest home run you've hit in your career? Oh my gosh. Um my last company I worked for. Um, the email space from a vendor perspective is very tough. It's not an easy um, niche to get into. And there was a company in the UK that wanted to expand into the US. And so I came on at the beginning to run their go-to-market strategy. And in three years, I took them from no one knows who in the heck you are or may tangentially know you to we were a leader and we were being in RFPs with companies that everyone has heard of. 
And we were going up against Oracle responses. We were going up against Exact Target, uh, which is Salesforce. We were going up against Epsilon. We were going up against the behemoths and we were winning. And my biggest win was, was taking that company from nothing to something in a very short period of time. And a year and a half into it, my ROI was amazingly huge. Any other stories, uh, great success stories of companies you've worked with that have, have used email marketing and uh, great success? Yeah, HP. So I, uh, I worked with their global group out of London. Uh, there's probably two huge from the client side that I really enjoyed. And there was HP and Skype, okay. uh, very different products. Um, HP's challenge was that they were so distributed in their, in their workforce and the global HP was a tough gig, right? Because you have US, UK, you have APAC, you have Australia, you have all the different regions, you have um, South America, you have all these different ways to market. And so the global groups are all split up into regions. And so I would work with the group in London, which was con in control of a lot of the regions in putting together their program. What does their program look like today? Where do they want to grow? And we worked with them on, I was over there for a week one time and there was a group of, um, there was like six of them. And we went through this very detailed program that I had at the time, which was um, to prioritize your roadmap for email. And so we sat down and, and really worked through it. And by the time we got done, they had a roadmap that they could go then execute on. Uh, whether that was looking at abandoned carts, whether that was nurture, whether that was welcome, whether that was uh, post-purchase and upsell, um, all of those different things we worked on from a brief perspective, from a flow perspective, how does it fit into your, to their uh, platform at the time? Um, and so that, you know, to, to really work with a company that big, um, little old me was really kind of fun. Um, the other was Skype. Skype was, was amazing in the numbers. So Skype had 6 billion email addresses. My goodness. Yes. Uh, segmentation was easy. Uh, multivariant, uh, uh, testing was a breeze. I mean, we had emails upon emails upon emails, um, and working with them. So I worked with them on, another global reactivation strategy. So everybody has Skype. I mean, until Zoom, I used Skype like every day. Um, but globally, in the US, it's not that big of a whoop. In, the, in, the, in Europe and Australia, everywhere else, Skype is like a thing. Skype is how you, you communicate. It's a, it's a verb, right? And so um, we worked with them on reactivating a large number of that that billion audience. And I mean, it was extensive. We had data sciences, we looked at propensity, we put people in cohort groups, we developed different touch points based upon uh, channel propensity, which was the biggest thing out of, out of that project, which was every cohort group had a primary, secondary and tertiary channel that they reacted to. So for some cohort groups, it was mobile push right? For some, it was direct mail. For some, it was television advertising. For some, it was print. For some, it was banner. Some, it was email, right? 
And so we had to develop our media plan based upon the channel propensity for that cohort group and put together these extensive media plans on how this group would get heavily email, this group would get heavily TV with maybe some email, all this stuff, right? Um, so that was just, it was, that was a big success just in opening my eyes to what the power of data uh, and data sciences can do. Thank you for sharing. Um, what's the biggest mistake that you've made in your career? And let's go specifically with email. What's the biggest email marketing mistake you've seen in your career? Oh, trusting my gut. Yeah. Um, we profess, and I've professed for years, test, 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 right? And every once in a while, marketers, including myself, right, will go, oh, no, this is how it's going to, this will be fine. We'll just go with this. This is this is absolutely right. We had one client um, uh, back a few years ago, and we were running just a win-back campaign. Win-back campaign is you're inactive in email, you're not opening or clicking, and so we want to reactivate your, your interest, right? Opening or clicking. And so we put these, we put these uh, uh, email series together, and uh, we had this, this, this progression of like, I think it was four emails over 30 days trying to get them back with offers or content or whatever. And so I put them in the order that I thought they should go and we launched it. Right. And the client's like, is that the right order? Is that the really the way? Yes. That's Hey, I'm the professional. I know what's going on. Right. And so we line them up and it goes out and about three weeks later, she's like, Hey, I want to reshuffle these just to, just to test it. And we'll test it on your, you know, what you have set up and what I think will work. Cause she knew her brand. She was the, you know, the, the marketing side manager and, and she knew a brand inside and out. And uh, so she tested it and I tested it and I'm like, God, oh, I'm going to win. And uh, came to the end of the test and I totally whiffed it. She kicked my keister up one side and down the other. And what I learned from that is my gut is, is not always right. Sometimes it is, but it's more luck than anything. But um, the, the biggest, I wouldn't call that the biggest failure. The biggest failure is when I listen to my gut and not the numbers and not science and not the, not the, the data that's in front of me. Those are the things I've continually caught myself with in my career. Uh, what do you think is the biggest tectonic shift that businesses are facing today? COVID, the last 12 months. Uh, and I've written extensively about this on, uh, on one of the sites, one of the publishers out there, um, is we as an industry, a marketing from a marketing professionals had to learn agile marketing on the fly. Yeah. Because things changed overnight, right? What was it? A couple of weeks ago, we were celebrating the one year anniversary from when the WHO called it a pandemic, right? And everything's, everything moved. The entire earth moved. And marketers either are in, were in two camps. They either pivoted quick with everything they had or they, or they froze and pulled out of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, or they did nothing. I think there was a third group that did absolutely nothing, didn't change anything. Yeah, they kept doing what they did before and it didn't work and they lost their jobs. Yes. I mean, I will tell you from the minute it started to today, Tommy Bahama still sends the same email twice a week or something like that. And it never stopped. 
And it was just, and so, you know, it's brands like that, that you just look at that didn't let anything phase it. But you look at a, a lot of companies. A or a bad thing? I think it's a horrible thing. It's a tone deaf thing. It's a take a break. And, and, and the companies that succeeded were the ones that actually knew their brand voice, knew their equity, knew how to pivot within their brand and do it appropriately. So the vendors that had to do curbside pickup, that had to limit store hours. I mean, think about the immensity of, the, of what you had to do as a, manager, a marketing person of a, of a global or a national retail brand, right? Yeah. What happened in New Mexico looked totally different than what happened in uh, New Jersey or Texas or Iowa. I use the example a lot of what happens in Dallas isn't what happening is happening in Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. how does a marketing person adjust their message to the people in Dallas versus the people in Des Moines? And using Tama Baham- Tommy Bahama as an example, and I love that brand. Um, I do could, too. They could have been the premier uh, vendor of fashion masks for men, right? They could have, they had the materials and they had the plants. They, they could have adapted to COVID probably and profited from COVID probably more than almost anybody else. I mean, yeah. ignoring you know, Zoom and, and those other those other type of COVID specific. Yeah. I mean, companies pivoted, but they pivoted. The ones that pivoted, pivoted in the way that they knew how to do. And if they didn't know how, like marketing to every city in the country differently, they learned it quick and they weren't afraid to say, oops, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think there was an authenticity divider in those companies that succeeded. But I think, I think, and I've written about this too. I think if you survived the last 12 months as a marketer, you should put that as a badge on your <laughs> LinkedIn profile to say, I survived 2020. Yeah. Because it was a slog. I mean, I was on the phone constantly with uh, marketers trying to give them advice about how to think about things and how to shift their thinking and how to shift their their production or, you know, and top of that, everybody was working from home. So how do I do this, uh, this, this big pivot while I'm working at my kitchen table and my child is crying. Yeah. And the, the greatest badge of honor would be those marketers that pivoted enough and took advantage of this tectonic shift that they thrived and they grew that they didn't just survive. Yes. I, I swear everybody should be updating their resumes so that they adequately capture what happened and it doesn't become gray, right? It doesn't become fuzzy. Because, excuse me, when they go to their next job interview, they should talk and tell the story of how they pivoted, how they worked with a team, how they worked in a cross-functional nature and, and damned the results. The results didn't matter as much as you were able to pivot and you were able to be successful and success is a low bar in in the last 12 months, I was able to do curbside pickup. I don't need stats on how you did it or how many people did it or what after average basket was or any of that kind of stuff. All I want to know as an employer is did you do it and how did you do it? Thank you so much, Ryan, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, as email marketers, we need to be creative and read people well. Number two, our goal in email marketing is to recognize a cohort of customers and provide them with the right information. 
Number three, in order for our marketing strategies to be successful, we need to make sure we are sending information on the right channels. Number four, in email marketing, we can't just trust our gut feeling. We always have to test and look at the data. Number five, when everything changes in our world, we can't keep doing what we've always done. We have to pivot to survive in the market. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Ryan or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn. You can also visit his company's website at rpeorigin.com. And there's links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, you can follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How has email marketing helped you generate more sales? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your email marketing. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.